Welcome to the Leaders Edge podcast. I'm Sandy Laycox, Editor-in-Chief of Leaders Edge. In this episode of our Personal Lines podcasts, our Associate Editor Chris Han talks with Vinnie Hager, President of JGS Insurance in Homedale, New Jersey. One of the few insurance executives who graduated from college with a plan to enter the industry, Hager shares his experiences as a summer intern on Wall Street who saw a better life in insurance, as a soccer turned football turned rugby player, and as a charter boat captain. Give it a listen. Vinny, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're the first insurance executive that I've interviewed uh, who was also a licensed charter boat captain. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I want you to tell me about that. How did that happen? And and what exactly does that mean? I, I think of charter boat as a fishing boat, but you tell me. Well, charter boat just means that you can um, charge a fee um, You know, for, I could do tours, I could do... Um, anytime I have somebody on the boat that I'm charging a fee for, I need a charter boat license uh, in order to do that. Um, and, and I did it really just for to, to get knowledge. You know, I had been I had been boating for a number of years, um, you know, and I knew the kind of local waterways. But there's a lot of things out there, you know, that you don't know and that you should really get a, a good idea on. So my brother and I and, and a few of our friends all decided that we were going to take a uh, a course to become a charter to go to what's called a six pack license where I could, I could have six people on board um, and, you know, charge a fee to do that. Okay. I've never done it. I've never charged a fee or done that. I just really did it to see how I could do it and get the knowledge of, you know, when you're out there, you see all these different buoys and markers and to kind of understand what it is you're looking at to give you a better kind of feel of the rules of the road, so to speak. Okay. Okay. And uh, we should mention you grew up, uh, in Homedale, right near the Jersey Shore, so obviously uh, the Jersey Shore was a was a summertime destination. Um, tell me about your boating experience on the Jersey Shore. How how are, are you? Are you mostly in the bay? Do you go out in the ocean? What do you do? I would say I am ninety nine percent of the time in the bay. Um, you know, I have a, a place on Long Beach Island. Um, we're, we're right on the bay, um, and you know, I started boating probably about 15 years ago, um, where I bought my first boat. Um, when I went to the boat show, I, I convinced my wife, we had just bought this place um, on the water. And I said, we have to get a boat. We have to get a boat. And she's like, no, not this year. We're not getting a boat this year. Not this year. Not this year. So I said, okay, let's go to the Atlantic City boat show and we can, we'll go look at some wave runners. We can get a couple of wave runners. So um, I ended up walking out of there with a 29 foot cabin cruiser named not this year with the K-N-O-T. <laughs> and that's how we uh, we started boating. Um, you know, so I've had a number of boats down there. But, you know, for, for me, I'm a casual fisher. I was more for family events. So now I have a 30-foot a center console. Um, but we do water skiing and tubing and, and uh, kneeboarding and wakeboarding. And, you know, on occasion, I'll just go down to the inlet and, and, and we'll go out and we'll do a little bit of fishing when, you know, the family's in town. Tell me, we, we talked a little bit earlier, but you tell me a little bit about, about growing up in Homedale. Um, uh, you mentioned you were a soccer player turned football player turned rugby player. Yep. <laughs> Ascending order of craziness, it sounds like. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you tell me about that experience. Oh, it was good. I, you know, as I said, I was, uh, when I graduated um, eighth grade, I was one of the shortest people in the class. I think I was... Four foot eleven. I had been four foot eleven for four years in a row. I hadn't grown at all. Um, I kept saying to my mom, 
Like, where am I going to grow? Like, where am I going to grow? She kept saying, don't worry, you're, you're between eighth grade and high school, you're going to grow, you're going to grow. So at eighth grade, I was in the front row because they did it by height um, um, of graduation. I was in the front row and I said, you know, this better be my summer. And, and you know, luckily it was. I grew six inches in, in three months. You know, when I came back to high school, I was a different kid. I was, I had filled out. I had I'd grown six inches. I went from 4'11 to 5'5". Five, five. Wow. People didn't recognize me. And then when I was on the soccer team, the football coach, you know, tapped me and brought me over and he said, what are you doing over here? You're too big to play in this sport. You come play football. So I went and I, I ended up playing football for four years. When I went to college, I didn't, I didn't play football in college, but on the first day of college, the kid in front of me was like, Hey, why don't you, why don't you come uh, play rugby with me? And I I'd never played rugby before. And so I went and tried out for the rugby team and I played rugby for a few years, which was, which was a great experience, a very different sport, different game. So. Okay. Let me ask you, growing up, your dad was in the business, it sounds like since you were very young. Yep. Um, what do you recall of, of what he did for work? Was it something he came home and talked about? Was it something you aspired to? How did, uh, what, what was the, uh, what was the interaction about? Uh, you know, insurance is just always something that, you know, we've always talked about because it's always been a, a big part of, of the family. I started working here in the agency when I was 14 or 15, I think. Oh. Um, you know, I would come and work in, in the summers, you know, you know, for a summer job, I would work a couple hours a week here and there. Then my senior year in high school, um, I actually did like a, a co-op where I would, instead of taking elective classes in high school, um, I had a, a work a work program. So I went to school, I think until 1230 or one o'clock and I left and I worked in my dad's office um, from one to five every day. And I got credit for doing that. So I got paid to work for the four hours, but I also got credit in high school for doing uh, for doing that as a business class. So, so you um, were you were learning the business. You weren't just cleaning bathrooms. You were you were learning the business. It sounds I was like. learning the business. Um, I remember when I first started out of college, we got this fancy computer thing um, that I had to I had to input all the data for all the customers into the system because uh, I had a um, one, one of the smarter things my mom forced all of my me and my siblings to do was get a was to learn how to type in high school we always had to take a typing course because she could see the future with computers so I was able to type very fast without looking and, and doing all that stuff so one of my first jobs was to literally input every person and every customer that we had into this computer system. And later on, as we um, started to expand, I st started to put in the different coverages. So that made me almost a, a, a technician in, early on in the sense that I could tell you the difference between the CNA policy and the St. Paul policy and the, okay. and the um, you know, companies that are out of business now, American Alliance and all these other companies. I can tell you the difference because I would put in the different limits for each of those different customers. So I was very young, but I was, I was, had some technical knowledge in the background. So that was really as much of it as it was just data input. It really gave me a good basis of knowledge for the, for the, for the industry and the business. So. Wow. And were you, was there an expectation that you would join the business? No, when I went to Villanova, I was going to go like everybody else at the time, you know, in the 80s, I was going to go work on Wall Street because that was what everybody did. So I spent uh, I spent my summers working at Solomon Brothers in the city. Um, and after my second summer there, I was looking around, you know, the stock market had crashed. 
Um, the guy I was working with was divorced. Another guy across from me was divorced. The third guy should have been divorced or was on the way to getting divorced. You know, they were there from seven in the morning. I would leave at seven o'clock at night and they would still be there. And, you know, I started thinking, you know, dad was home every night at, at 5.30 or 6 o'clock. And, you know, he got to travel a little bit here, you know, maybe a couple times a year, you know, and, and we had a very, you know, middle class lifestyle growing up. Um, you know, my goal at the time was, oh, I'll go work for Wall Street, make my fortune for 10 years, and then I'll retire and do the insurance thing. Um, and then I pivoted to say, you know, I'm just going to go into insurance. When my brother joined, um, he's like, hey, you know, you got to make this commitment. Otherwise, you know, my dad, you know, dad's going to look to do something else. So. I pivoted and started insurance right out of college, but I was, I had worked in the business for years before that. So I read where you described your job title as director of change. Yes. Tell me what that means. Well, you know, I, I'm smart enough to know that I don't know it all and that there are a lot of smarter people out there. Um, so I am constantly asking questions. How do you do this? What's worked for you? What hasn't worked for you? I have no problem taking other people's experience and, and adopting that, you know, for ourselves to, to, to make us uh, not have to go through the same mistakes. Um, so when I would ever, whenever I went to these meetings or whenever I go to any of these networking meetings, I always come back with something like one or two things. And I'm going to say, okay, um, we're going to make this change. We're going to make that change. And uh, sometimes my, People didn't really uh, appreciate it when I went to those things. So they knew something was going to change when I came back. Um, but for the most part, I think it had really kept us ahead of our competition um, and what was going on in the marketplace. So, you know, that, that's, you know, I, I, I am open to other people's suggestions. Listen, I'm not the, I'm not the one sitting in front of the, the, the computer entering all this information into our agency management system. If there's a better way and a more efficient way, I'm open on all ears What's going to make you more effective will make us all better. So let's let's have those conversations and continue to do that and, and, and continue to make those adjustments. You can't just stay stagnant. You have to constantly be changing. Otherwise, we get left behind. With 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 that in mind, as long as we're on the subject of change, I, I wanted to ask if you could change one thing about the insurance industry. What would it be? Uh, uh, we do a terrible job of identifying all the different opportunities within this industry to college age students um, or the industry or other people in general. You know, when you talk to anyone in college and you mention insurance, you hear Geico, you hear uh, Flow from Progressive, um, you hear the uh, farmer's guy, you know, all of those personal line things. But when you start to talk about you know, what, what do you really enjoy? Oh, I, you know, what are the companies that you most admire? I like Google. Oh, I like Twitter. Well, you know, they need insurance too, right? And they need more and different insurance and they're looking to advisors. You know, if you like, um, I have a, a producer here who used to race motorcycles. Um, he really enjoyed racing motorcycles and he went around and wrote all the racetracks and on all the teams um, that were racing around them. So if it's something you really enjoy, you can specialize and do that and really build a niche and get known. And, and, you know, you name any degree in college and there is a place for them in the insurance industry from engineering and the loss control side to auditors, to legal counsel, you know, um, basically graduate with a degree and you'll find a place in, in the insurance industry. I'm one of the few 
when you go to these meetings and the people raise, you know, they ask you to raise your hand, how many people graduated college with the intent of going to the insurance industry? I'm one of the 10%. Everybody else couldn't get a job in whatever field they wanted to, took the job in insurance, liked it, and ended up staying there. <laughs> that's that's usually what you hear. So I, I think if we do a better job, we we will have a better opportunity of recruiting. You know, as you know, we've got 450,000 baby boomers in our industry retiring over the next five years, and there's not a lot of people behind there to to fill those spaces. So the opportunity within the industry is huge. Vinny, uh, I want to thank you very much for your time. Oh, thank you. That was Chris Hand talking with Vinny Hager of JGS Insurance. I hope you enjoyed their conversation. Check out the rest of our personalized podcasts at leadersedge.com.